the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, you're a sheep, but you have a Jehovah God who is your shepherd. He loves you. He cares for you. He's powerful. He's providing for you, and he is enough. The Bible says he's ready to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond even what you've asked, dreamed, or imagined. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Take your copy of God's Word and turn to Psalms 23, right in the middle of the Bible, Psalms 23. I can still remember her image, an elderly lady Lying on the floor, helpless. And she uttered these words. I've fallen. And I can't get up. Not a true image, but a manufactured one on a commercial for Life Call. One of those life alert devices. Something like my mother wears around her neck so that if she were to fall when no one is around, she can press a button and others would come running to help her. I remember that iconic commercial even from when I was a child. But more than remembering that moment, I can relate to that feeling. Those times in life where I felt like I had fallen Perhaps I'd wandered away from the things that I know to be right. Perhaps I had just become discouraged. Or perhaps the circumstances of life just seem overwhelming. For me, I can sum those up in three different seasons. They've taken place more than once, but three primary seasons. There are those moments where my sin put me in that circumstance. Maybe you can relate. I did things I knew I shouldn't do. And as a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God within me convicted me of sin. And I felt dirty and ashamed and far away from the one I've committed my life to. I'd fallen. For me, I've also felt that in seasons of pain. And I'm well aware of the fact that some who will hear these words today live in constant pain. My heart goes out for you. I I think there are few things that are more debilitating than physical pain because it always results in emotional pain. I can remember a time just a few years ago, I was taken to the hospital and I promise I was praying, God, you either fix this or bring me home because I can't continue the way I'm feeling right now. I'd I'd fallen and I, I couldn't get up. Maybe you can relate to that. But I think maybe the deepest 
the deepest pain and the deepest hurt I've felt that can can cause me to identify with that picture is when I've battled depression. And I pray that you've never experienced that, but I have. The dark nights of the soul. Where you feel like something's wrong, you maybe can't put your finger on it, you can't seem to help it, and you need to cry out for assistance. This last year was one of those times in my life. It really began in the fall of 2019 as I watched my hero, my dad, suffer a a stroke that began his descent toward death. Then in the spring of the following year, in the spring of 2020, I, like you, watched as our world entered into a worldwide pandemic. And I saw everyone just dealing with grief of all kinds, missed birthday parties and graduations and postponed weddings, not knowing what to do, feeling alone. And in May, my dad passed away. And, and I have to tell you, I went into a season where I felt like I had fallen and I, I, I couldn't get up because that's not a completely foreign season to me. I, I knew that I had to cry out for help. And, and I can remember the phone call and where I was sitting when I, when I talked with someone who was a professional who could give me some of the help that I needed. And, and this person said, I, I'm so glad you said this because if you had not said this, I was going to say, hey, you need some help. And so then I remember going out to where my wife was and saying, hey, I just did this. And, and I, I feel like I, I'm at a place I need some help. And she said, I'm glad you, you said this because if you weren't going to say this, I was going to tell you, you need some help. And, and so what, what I'm trying to do is be vulnerable and, and help you to understand. I know what it's like to feel like I've fallen and I can't get up. And yet all my life, he's been faithful. All my life, he's been good to me. And that's really what I want you to understand today, that our God is a faithful, good God who will meet you at your points of deepest need and give you what you need. And that's what we've been discovering from Psalms 23 That how we live our lives should not be based on our feelings in the moment or the circumstances around us, but the truths of God's word. And this is one of those passages where the truths of God's word are very dangerous. They're dangerous for this reason. There may not be a passage more familiar to people, all people, those who are followers of Christ and those who don't even know what it means to be a Christian than Psalms 23. You've heard it much of your life. You heard it when our nation responded to terrorist attacks. Almost every one of those memorial services that took place after 9-11 that were televised. You remember that moment. Again and again, we would see funerals. We would see families mourning and we would hear, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You've heard it when you've attended a memorial or a funeral and This is a dangerous passage because we've heard these words, we've become familiar with these words, but we've failed to apply the wisdom that they hold. We've understood that these words are in Scripture, but we've not allowed these words to get into us. Maybe you're like one of our staff members this week. 
we spent some time going through this chapter in Psalms, and then we just talked about what it meant to us. And one of our staff said they could remember learning this as a child. And for the first few years after learning this, they were frankly confused because they couldn't understand how the Lord could be a shepherd that we did not want. And maybe, maybe because you've heard the King James phraseology of these words or, or because you're unfamiliar with the cadence of scripture, you've, you've heard this, but it's more like a literary poem. You've, you've not allowed it to sink in to the depths of your life. I, I want that to change today. As you hear the word of God, as he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me All the days of my life. And I. Would dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever. Heard the story of two men. That recited the psalm. One was a famous actor. The other was. Just an old man who loved Jesus. The actor recited the psalm and he did it with great dramatic flair. Everyone in the room was impressed at his presentation. And then this old man recited the psalm and you could hear a pin drop. Afterwards, someone posed the question, what's the difference between these two? There seemed to be difference in how we received these words. And the actor didn't miss a beat. He said, oh, I'll tell you the difference. I knew the Psalms, but he knows the shepherd. As we spend time together over these next several weeks, that's my desire for you. I want you to get to know the shepherd, the one of whom David speaks. So I want us to internalize this. This is why we've given you a tool there on your seats to to help you learn this, to memorize this, to let this become a part of who you are. And that's why we're going to read it together aloud again right now. Would you stand together with us as we read aloud Psalms 23, beginning in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, the good shepherd. And we declare as your sheep, we need you. We can't exist without you. We can't live without you. And Lord, we can't, we can't make the most of this moment without you. So, oh Lord, push aside the things of this world our past that may keep us from seeing your goodness, our present that causes us to doubt your goodness, our our future that causes anxiety about your goodness. Lord, we push that all aside and we ask you to speak and we ask that you would help us to have ears and a heart and a mind that's receptive. And Lord, some even struggle just with attention. So could you zero our hearts and mind like a laser into your truth in these moments, giving us what we do not have, teaching us what we do not know, making us what we've not yet become. And Lord, you know my private prayer is also my public prayer in this moment, that your words would be my words and that your thoughts would be my thoughts and that you would take the weakness that is in me and use it for your glory, that you would be my strength because you are my redeemer. Lord, specifically, I pray that today in these next few moments, Someone who calls himself a follower of you, Jesus, would be brought back. And Lord, I specifically ask that the truth of your word, which pierces and cuts the heart, that you would speak in such a way that that person that has not yet begun a relationship with you would begin to know you today. And I thank you for this, Lord, as I ask this in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen, amen. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. May not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. The theme of Psalms 23 is found in that first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I told you last week that it's a strategic use of the name of God. The Lord, the same name that Moses encountered at the burning bush, the same name that Jesus would claim before the religious leaders, the great I am. The one who was, the one who is, the one who forever will be. It's a powerful name. My Lord is powerful. But my Lord is also personal. 
The Lord is my shepherd. And every time you come together corporately for worship, though you're in a crowd, it should be an intensely intimate and personal experience because you're relating to a personal God who knows you, who cares about you. The Lord is powerful. The Lord is personal. But that first verse, that theme of this chapter, it it tells me that my Lord provides The Lord is my shepherd, and so I shall not want. I lack nothing. There is no need within me. He's providing everything for me. That was the theme that we said last week. When the Lord is your shepherd, when the Lord is truly your shepherd, you have everything you need no matter what. Say no matter what. When the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need, no matter what. Because he provides, you lack nothing. Now, this psalm was written by David. And David could have said, I am a shepherd. And he would not have been telling a lie. You probably had a job when you were growing up. I worked at Community Drugstore in Hartsville, South Carolina. I was literally a drug runner. That's what I did through high school. Maybe some of you had slightly similar experience. Who knows? Maybe you worked at Chick-fil-A. Or you had some other kind of temporary job like that. Now, David. Now, David was a shepherd. From his earliest teenage years, he was in the field with the sheep. One of the first things he learned to do was to care for a flock. So David could have said, I am a shepherd. But he begins this iconic chapter in scripture with these words. The Lord is my shepherd, which necessarily implies what? David is a sheep. And more than 200 times in scripture, the Bible refers to not only David, but to you and me as sheep. So what do we know about sheep? We know a few things. First of all, we know that sheep are dumb. Not trying to be ugly, just factual. Sheep are not the smartest of animals. In fact, you could go to a circus and you could see an elephant do tricks. You can see just about every animal be trained, but not a sheep. No, those guys, they're dumb. As we've learned last week, they'll follow their leader off a cliff to their death. They don't have a lot of sense. They're dumb. And the word of God calls you and me sheep. You ever done anything that was dumb? Have you ever said this? I cannot believe I did that. I I cannot believe I said that. Or today, I can't believe I typed that. Yeah, we've all made dumb choices. Because we're sheep. But that's not all. Sheep are dumb, but sheep are dirty. We've got a couple of cats. And you know what cats do all day long? You know what they do? They just sit and lick themselves. Now, I'm told it's because they're cleaning themselves. That's, that's how they take their baths. But they're clean animals. There are other animals, even our little dog. I mean, if he gets something in his fur, he tries to get it out with his teeth. Not sheep. 
They're like, bring it on, dirt, mud, funk, whatever you got. I'll take it all. That wool just begins to get nappy. It begins to get smelly. They go through the dirt. It gets muddy. They're dirty, dirty, dirty. And the Bible calls you and me sheep. You ever feel dirty? If you're a Christ follower, this is how it happens. The Bible says when you begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, that third person of the Trinity, indwells you. Your body becomes a temple of God. God is living in you as a child of God. And so what happens when you sin? That means you do anything God said don't do or you don't do those things God says do. When you sin, you live in rebellion against God. You feel conviction. That's the Holy Spirit of God going, don't do that. That's not the way to live. And you feel dirty. And you feel ashamed. And you feel guilty. And that's why we're driven, if you're a Christ follower, you're driven naturally to that point of confession. And so maybe that's why some of you came to church today. You, you felt like something occurred this week that just stained you all over again and you, you you needed to be in the presence of the holy and and so you you come to a place where like david you cry out create in me a clean heart O god renew a right spirit within me or wash me so that i can be white as snow because you feel dirty but sheep are not only dumb sheep are not only dirty sheep are also defenseless you know what are they going to do if someone attacks them they can't bark. You think this scares anybody away? <laughs> they don't have big claws. <laughs> I did. Everybody's coming up telling me their sheep stories. So someone came up last Sunday and said, you know, we raised sheep when I was growing up. And one of the sheep began to nibble at my mama's leg. And she had a cast iron pot a pan in her hand so she took that cast iron pan and she banged it against the sheep's head and it broke the cast iron frying pan in two sheep just went on its way <laughs> still defenseless and so are we over 200 times the bible calls us sheep and there are times in my life where i feel like i'm i'm down maybe for the count I can't get myself out of this. And that's where the gospel comes into play because that really is the way it works. The Bible says all of us like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. But God laid on Christ Jesus all of our sin. And, and, and so we can have a relationship with God even as a dumb, dirty, defenseless sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about in John 10, 10, when he says, there's a thief and the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so we sit and we think, God, how in the world could I have abundant life? You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my pain. And then Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So what we believe, those of us who gather believing in the word of God in a Christian church, we believe that the power of the gospel is what gives us a way up. The, the power of the gospel is what gives us a way back. No matter what we've done, we can experience a way back because of the power of the gospel through Jesus Christ.
Now think about how we've come so far in this passage. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Last week we learned that sheep will not lie down, can't even be forced to lie down unless four conditions are met. There has to be freedom in their life. And I, and I remember you and I were sheep. And I think it's true. There's got to be freedom in our life for us to experience soul rest, to feel like we're content and satisfied in life. What were the freedom for sheep? Well, they had to be free of fear because they're very afraid. Same for you and me. If you're living in fear, you're not going to have soul rest. They have to be free of conflict. (laughs) Same for you and me. If you're living in relational conflict, I don't care how many times you come to church. I don't care how many emotions you go through. You're not going to have soul rest. You're not going to be at peace. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9, here on Faith Talk Tampa. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.